Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. We love talking with you each and every week. It's seriously our highlight of the week. Would you say that's true, Audrey? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Highlight of the week. Getting to for chat sure. with you guys. Yeah. And I hope we hope listening is a highlight for you too, because that's what we're making it for. Today, we're talking about learning about both strengths and weaknesses in regards to our mothering styles. So we love the Enneagram uh, personality test. We love learning about ourselves and about our children. We've talked about this before and we'll, we'll refer to another episode that can give you more information. But today we're talking specifically about how these personality types affect our mothering. It's going to be super fun. Okay, but first of all, you guys, we got a new review and we're going to read it here on air. This one is from Molly Kramer. It says, so helpful and relatable. As a mom of five, I love the content of this podcast. It feels like getting encouragement from an older and wiser mama who's been there and done that. Thanks, ladies. Oh, you are so welcome, Molly. And thank you for leaving a review. We love every single review we get because, well, we like it when you say nice things about us. That's true. But we, it helps us reach other moms who are out there and looking for the same kind of content you are getting. So we really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much. So sweet. Okay. So let's dive in. Uh, like I said, we're going to base this episode on the nine different Enneagram types. I'm saying that right. I always mess that word up, right, Audrey? I don't know. You got it. You got okay. it. <laughs> we're definitely not person- personality type pros, but we find this fascinating. And when you read through the types, in fact, as I was creating uh, our notes for today, I was like, oh, that's my so-and-so friend. Oh, that's my sister. Oh, that's, you know, you just, people's personalities pop up at you. And none of us is cut and dry. None of us is strictly one type or the other. Uh, We're very often a blend. But as we learn more about ourselves and our children, we're better able to step into that role of mother. um, And then also sister, friend, et cetera, because we know what our strengths and our weaknesses are. We're going to go through these uh, personality type by personality type. We are also linking in the show notes um, our old episode that we mentioned, episode 138, where we talked to Ashley Schubert, who is an Enneagram expert. So you can get a little bit more insight into these personality types if this kind of whets your curiosity. And then we are also linking to an article that kind of gave us this idea of um, breaking down personality types by mothering types. So that might give you some some more insight. So the very first one is the perfectionist. I don't think it's first because it has to be first, but it it fits, right? The perfectionist is number one. Um, I know that we can all, as women, we can all relate to this personality type for sure. When it comes to motherhood, especially, it's very important to us that we do right by our kids, right? We want to show up correctly. We want to mother them right. We want to love them right. And our strengths, these types of strengths can include being organized, being structured, and also having very strict values or like a high moral compass. Yes. I, if you remember from our episode with Ashley, I am a number one. So I love to hear those things. But guess what? There's also weaknesses and they include being too hard on yourself and your kid. Remember she talked about you've got that negative voice inside your head always telling you that you're not good it's enough. not good enough. You're not yeah. doing it right. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
this, the weakness is that you can just be too hard on yourself or your kids. You don't, you cannot allow, not allowing them to be themselves when it doesn't fit in with what we think is like the perfect thing they should be. So it's, you know, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of a hard thing to overcome because you've got this vision and it's perfect and you know exactly what would be right. <laughs> Why don't these humans just fit right in where they're supposed to, right? <laughs> yes, yes. So the suggestion for us ones is find things to make you laugh. And more importantly than that, learn to laugh at yourself. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that like lighten up a little bit. Okay. I can say mm -hmm. it because it's me, right? Talking to myself, lighten up. It's okay. Learn to laugh. Use your perfectionism on things because you can't just make it go away and say, oh, I'm just not going to be a perfectionist anymore. Not going to happen. You're, that's who you are. So use it on things like your house or your processes or your kitchen or your cooking or whatever things. And don't use it so much on people, your spouse, mm -mm, bad idea, your kids. No, don't do that. They'll, they'll, they will not, um, appreciate that in the long run. So Use your strengths on things, not people. I love that concept because like we're saying, like you're saying, Audrey, you can't just get rid of it. This is a part of who you are and is a wonderful part of who you are. So find a way to use those strengths on something that is malleable and will allow you to be perfect with it. You're sewing, right? That's a great yeah. example. Yeah. Yeah. Your your meals don't care if you um, are, are trying to make them more perfect. Do you so. get mad at them for not yeah. turning out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, all right. Moving on to type two, the giver. So this kind of mom seems like natural born to be a mother because she loves to serve others and be needed. And boy, as a mom, boy, you are needed, right? So your kids, the, the kids of a type two love the attention that mom is there to give them all the time, giving the attention. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But on the weaknesses side of things, this can often turn into people pleasing, right? Um, when you're trying to serve, 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 and you just want to do everything for everyone else and you kind of neglect yourself. And that it can also lead to resentment when those people take advantage of your giving, right? We've all run into somebody who you, you go to serve and they kind of just keep taking and taking and taking and taking. So you might need to practice some boundary setting up if this is you. Um, a suggestion for a type two is to make sure that you are taking time for self-care. No, really, let's repeat that. Make it a priority, right? As a giver, you want to just give all the time. You want to just serve. You want, that's how, it, that's what fills you up is making other people's lives better, but you can't fill from an empty cup as we've said a million times. So make sure that that is a priority for you. Yes. You know, we've talked about this so much on the podcast. You've got to take time for yourself. Don't put yourself last. You've got to put yourself ahead of everybody else's needs, at least in a way that you can enough so that you can help them with their needs. You've got to, you've got to take care of yourself to be able to take care of others. I mean, if you look at it from a giving standpoint, you're going to do this so that you can be a better giver. And mm -hmm. you know how much we love to talk about self-care here. So if that's the yeah. perspective you need to do to take care of yourself, yeah. do it. Yeah. Whatever works, right? Okay, so moving on to number three, that is the achiever. That's me. That's me. Everybody pay attention to what I'm doing. <laughs> this person is the go-getter. Um, I, I think, Audrey, you can relate to this as well, right? Um, the achiever always has goals, is always seeking after them. She's pretty confident, and she loves helping her kids achieve as well. So sometimes she struggles with kids that are more lackadaisical or like, a different personality type that's a little bit more mellow because she's like, come on, go do be. Let's just achieve stuff. And sometimes they go crazy. <laughs> 
That's right. That's right. And another part, another side of the weakness is that it can include neglecting family over her own ambitions. Or like you were saying, transferring the pressure she puts on herself to her children or her Mm -hmm. spouse. It's time to go. It's time to go. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. So our suggestion for this type is to cultivate spontaneity. Okay. Drop the list. Do something that your kids have been wanting to do. That trip to the zoo. Come on, make it happen. So <laughs> make, hard. I know. I know. Make a point of doing something you hadn't planned on. Drop everything and do it. If you don't have any ideas, ask your kids. Yeah. <laughs> this can actually be really fun for a type three. I have had multiple times where I've had to almost like physically restrain myself from writing something else on my list and just run out and play in the sprinkler. And it's really, really rewarding if you're the type that doesn't isn't generally motivated by fun, which probably sounds weird to all you that are motivated by fun. Like who isn't motivated by fun stuff? But it can be so powerful to drop your agenda for the day and just spend time with your kids. All right. So this number four, type four is the romantic. This type of mom tends to be sensitive and loving, often very creative as well. She's like the perfect kindergarten kindergarten teacher who loves to see her kids' faces light up. Like that is just really... She's living that dream. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. And because the romantic feels things very deeply, sometimes she can struggle maintaining a a good balance between positive and negative emotions. And we probably shouldn't call them negative because all emotions are valid and important, right? But the ones that make you feel good versus the ones that make you feel not so good, right? Um, You need to be very diligent about self-care, again, and emotional health if this is your personality type. So a a quick suggestion for a romantic is if you feel like you need to be grounded, you're getting a little bit too emotionally fraught, uh, have a list of things in your back pocket that you do that doesn't require emotion, like something very logical, like a jigsaw puzzle or Sudoku or uh, jumping rope or just spending time in nature, something that um, just can kind of get you out of that drama in your head and just makes you at peace again. Yeah. Yeah. Something that is is away from that romanticism like yeah it like it's not a bad thing but like it just needs a break like it can be enhanced by um taking a break from it like if you if you do it all the time it's like you're just tired of it but if you Mm -hmm. just take a break from it then it makes it better especially if you find yourself spiraling in regards to specific emotions like you can't get out of this cycle of negativity or whatever Number five is the observer, and this is the intellectual, okay? So you are a good thinker, somebody who loves to expose your kids to new ideas, new concepts, big ideas. Um, You really love and encourage education, all those wonderful things. Yes, but sometimes they're the opposite of the romantic in that they struggle with emotions, like like your kids' emotions. They're too big, they're too emotional, too dramatic, and then they get to teenagers and they get even bigger and it's even more annoying <laughs> to you if you're one of these type fives, the observer. They might have a hard time understanding why your kids are feeling this and why why can't you just be logical and mm-hmm. just go through this like those emotions are just so annoying. Stop it. <laughs> so a suggestion here is engage in things that deepen your own emotion. And like, it has to be on all of these suggestions that we're making, it has to be something that works for you. Like if you try something that we say, and it's not something that helps you with this, you know, negative or weak side of your personality. It's not going to work. You're just going to be like, oh, this feels stupid. <laughs> like, so engage in things that deepen your own emotion, but it has to be your emotion. It can't be, oh, you know, Bonnie and Audrey said, read a romantic book. 
or watch a romantic movie and the whole time you're sitting back in still in your observer part of your brain going this is stupid these people are being dumb dumbly emotional this isn't working <laughs> so you have to figure out your own thing that works but things that we found that like um help help us feel more empathetic is like community service so helping someone who's um in need or worse off than you that you know, you can really tap into um, some of these and not like saying, oh, you know, get emotional, but you can just build your own sense of empathy. So mm -hmm. writing poetry, how about trying keeping a journal of your own emotions? So maybe you have a hard time recognizing emotion in yourself and you think I'm just this logical person and I never have emotion. I'm this observer, this kind of cut and dried. Well, okay, hang on. <laughs> mm -hmm. You do have emotions. Maybe you're just smothering them. So maybe start an emotion journal and like, I am thinking these thoughts. I'm feeling these emotions, you know, like start drawing connections and just do an emotions journal. This reminds me of the fact that kind of stereotypically the women are known as the romantic type, a little bit more on the romantic side. And the men are known more of the observer, right? A little bit less connected to their emotions. We're always trying to get them to feel something, right? Why don't you ever cry? Why do you, meanwhile, we're over here sobbing into our pillow when we watch a movie. Um, but everyone has emotions that they need to, to uncover. Sometimes it's just not socially as appropriate, like in the men's situation, right? It's just not as socially as appropriate for men to show emotion like that, which is unfortunate because they have emotion they need to feel. And you might've also been raised in a household where that just wasn't as common, or maybe it was, and they always knew that you were the stoic one that was never going to shed a tear about anything. But it's just important to remember that we all have to experience life and, and do so by feeling feelings. Don't block them out. Make sure that you are getting in touch with them, even if it feels weird to you. Okay, now type six, the loyalist. This type of mom works really hard just to create security and comfort for her family. She is a very reliable, feels super dedicated to her home and her family. She's very loyal. Yeah, yeah. And you, like, at the outset, I'm like, oh, I want to be that kind of a mom. But when you think about it, there are some weaknesses too, including being a little bit too involved, a little bit too watchful, a little bit helicopter-ish, right, when you're really, really concerned about your kid's safety. Um, sometimes these mothers can allow fear to take over for them and won't allow her kids to take necessary risks because she's nervous about not being there to be able to shelter them. Um, a few suggestions for these types of moms are to take a risk, right? Try something new. Maybe you can take all your kids to the roller skating rink, even though you know that sometimes when people roller skate, they fall and break elbows. <laughs> it's okay. It's fun. Let's do it together, right? And kind of talk yourself down from, from some of these fears. And remember that when your kids... Uh, studies have shown that when kids take appropriate risks in childhood, it actually helps them take fewer inappropriate risks as they grow up, right? A few other fun ideas for, as a family or just with you and a kid would be sailing kites. This is kind of exciting, but actually very not dangerous unless it's in a storm. <laughs> or even let them, let your kids decide to do things that stretch you. And it can be terrifying. Maybe you'll even have to send them with dad. Oh, so-and-so, little Johnny wants to go take a hot air balloon ride. Yeah, that's not going to happen with mom. So I'm going to let you go with dad and have a great time. And I'll just stay home and say a little prayer and everything will be okay. Yes, taking a risk. This is hard because I'm pretty sure the loyalist can probably, you know, with this protector instinct, they can probably see all the bad things that could happen. Like, you know, your, your mom. So what if it's just a super easy risk, like playing in mud? right? Just, mm. they're going to get dirty. There's going to be a mess. You can hose them off when they're done, but it's going to be something, you know, like, like you took a risk letting them play in the mud. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you might have to, like the first couple of times you might have to let your kids do it while you are somewhere else. You walk away <laughs> and you're somewhere else and not watching it because otherwise, you know, that helicoptery mom is going to 
be hovering the whole time. Mm-hmm. A bonus for this is if you are known in your family as the mom that doesn't take risks or doesn't allow kids to take risks, when you do spontaneous things, kind of like what we suggested for the achiever, um, kids go crazy. Like when I can let go of my to-do list and just do something wild and spontaneous, my kids are over the moon because it's so unusual for me. So that's a really fun thing to offer your kids is like, hey guys, today we're going to go yeah, make make dirt angels in the yard, something that you would never do. And then we're going to hose everybody off and it's going to be just fine. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Okay, so moving on to number seven, this is the enthusiast. And this is one of the most fun personality types. She is the cheerleader and the adventure taker. She loves having fun and does take a lot of those risks that the loyalist doesn't love, right? She uh, is totally motivated by fun, like I mentioned before, and she loves being exciting and surprising her kids. So she's the one that's going to jump out at them when they come home from school and say, we're making mud angels today, you know, and her loyalist neighbor is like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) (laughs) On the the weakness side, um, this, this mom can have a hard time with routines and schedules. Real life can seem mundane boring mm-hmm. when it comes to when it when it is compared to being spontaneous and exciting and parties but if you don't add some routines into your life you are going to actually have a mess mm. everywhere mm. <laughs> you know the mess after the party is done mm-hmm. and you never insert like a routine to get that cleaned up so It'll just be like more frustrating. You'll have less, actually less time to do these fun, enthusiastic cheerleader party things, adventures, because you've got to spend so much more time cleaning up after the last party, right? (laughs) So the suggestion is just try a little bit of routine, a little morning routine, a 10 or 15 minute one or a bedtime routine. Start simple, just one thing. Okay, every night I do this. And then once you've got a routine in place, then you can add to it. It's a little hook that you can hook something else on and you get something going. But this really will allow you to have more adventure in the long run because you won't be spending so much time cleaning up the last party. Right. And structure is so essential for a family. Kids thrive on structure. Even though they they say they want to throw everything out the window and just do fun all the time, that doesn't last, right? Eventually, they it, it causes some some issues with them. Uh, they don't feel like there's security because they don't know what to expect. So developmentally, kids really do need structure. doesn't mean it has to be boring structure, but they need to at least know what to expect at certain times of the day. Maybe you could just drop some anchors into your day, right? You always have breakfast at a certain time, lunch at a certain time. Or if that's even too much, maybe you always um, let a specific kid pick what they're having for lunch, just something that they can expect because that will really help them developmentally. Yeah. Don't worry. They'll still think you're the fun mom because you yes, are the fun mom. Because you are. You are. <laughs> or maybe your kids won't, but all the neighbors will. That's usually how it works, right? <laughs> okay. Type eight, the protector. This mom is confident. No nonsense. She protects her children fiercely, thinks others should do the same. She is also very loyal um, and protective. Her kids are not going to have anything happen to them. Yeah. This one is similar to the loyalist, but this one is a little bit more tiger mom-ish, right? Um, she also might be tempted to hover a little bit and intervene in things because she can, she thinks she can keep her kids from all harm and danger. And she also might struggle with anger. Like I said, she's a little bit more in your face with the protection, right? Especially when, when faced with injustices. So if you're this kind of mom, you might hear of your kid being bullied and drive down to the school and be ready to beat somebody up. (laughs) So that can be one of the weaknesses. Um, A few suggestions for you, if this is you, is to just seek out things that bring you peace. You might struggle with some kind of some volatile emotions, especially when things aren't going well. Um, 
some ocean sounds to wind down in the evening or when you're confronted with a challenge, right? Nature walks, deep breathing, some yoga, things that will ground you and and remind you that it's not all dire life or death. Yeah, because you have to, you cannot have control over everything. So you have to let some things go. You have to let the control of some things go. Um, And yeah, yeah, just being able to like let go. Uh, And if you're in there like confident, you know how it's done. It's This is like the mom who empties the dishwasher because her kids don't do it right, right? she's got she's got it she can do it she's no nonsense but like in I know if you listen to other episodes like overprotecting your kids is really not doing them any any favors in the long run so you've got to let them make their own mistakes even though you know how to do it better and you've got to like work on like work on more the relationship side and not so much the I've got this. I can do this. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, this is also, it's also really important if you're this kind of a mom to allow your children to make mistakes. And that can be very difficult. Allow them to load the dishwasher incorrectly. Allow them to get hurt. That's also very, very, I mean, obviously you don't put your kid in danger, but what I'm saying is don't hyper protect them so that they never get their feelings hurt or so that a friend never crosses them because then they will be so ill-equipped for adult life that they will live in your basement forever. So <laughs> such a hard thing to do as a mom is to let your let your child be in a situation that you know might not turn out right for them, but it's so helpful for them. Okay. on to the last one. Number nine is a peacemaker. Don't we all wish we lived with a peacemaker? I actually do. It's my husband. It's wonderful. (laughs) Except for when I want him to do things, you know, you can see how that would work out. But um, the peacemaker loves calm, nurturing environments, avoids the emotional drama, right? Um, And this mom has her greatest wish is that everyone would just get along all the time and everyone would just sing Kumbaya and hold hands and what's all your people's problem. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? On the weakness side, she might be tempted to keep the peace over intervening when discipline issues arise, especially with teenagers. Um, It's, it's hard. Like, and this mom will also definitely put just like our number two mom, the giver, she'll put herself aside. If it makes, if it means peace. Okay. Mm -hmm. Whatever, just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put my own wishes, my own thoughts, everything aside so that there can be peace. Like, but this mom needs to create some firm boundaries, even when that feels uncomfortable, because if there's a boundary here and somebody's crossing it, you've got to keep that boundary there. And you know with how we've talked about how kids love boundaries that's safe for them. And yes, they test to see if the boundary is still there. Is it still safe? Is the boundary still there? Right. Mm-hmm. Am I still being protected from the outside, you know, evils, whatever's on the other side of this. So it's, it's really hard to have that perspective that yes, you're actually helping your kids when you're not letting them break those boundaries that have been set up. Mm -hmm. So a suggestion for this mom is to start by standing up for your own ideas and opinions and your own self. Like you're not a doormat. Don't let your kids walk all over you just to keep the peace. (laughs) Start out with things that you don't care about as much. Um, like, something really simple, stupid that you don't really care about, but just use it as an exercise to, um, in standing up for yourself, like, um, or, or drawing a boundary and keeping it. Okay. No socks on the floor. Socks go in laundry baskets, right? Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. who really cares? Like life isn't going to end it. The world is, you know, world peace is not going to happen or not happen based on whether socks are in a laundry basket or not, but just like 
make a little boundary and then start enforcing it just for practice. This is what it feels like to stand up for a boundary, for your own opinion, for your own idea. (laughs) And then once you've got that practice down, then progress from there a little bit. Yeah. There's actually a little vein of peacemaker in me as well. I hate confrontation. It's so uncomfortable for me. And so uh, like a, a great place to start is like, Uh, just making your will known in a place where you might not otherwise, right? With friends and family, it might be easy, but maybe a stranger says, you know what I hate? I hate red cars. You you could just take that opportunity to say, I actually really like them, right? Something totally benign that the world is not going to end. Nobody's going to have a really heated opinion about whether red cars are, I mean, obviously this is a silly example, but, or what you like for dinner, you're going out with friends, have the courage to say, I actually am really feeling like Chinese tonight. Do you guys mind? Right? It can feel so uncomfortable if that's not what you usually do, but it is extremely important for you to be able to, like I just said, stand up for yourself and then be able to create those boundaries with your children. Sometimes this is very hard for me with my teenagers. They, like the other day I I said, I told my husband he was coming home from work. I said, can you pick up a kid from somewhere? And he said, I might be late. Can you ask our son? And I was like, oh, I don't want to get yelled at. <laughs> he wasn't having a great day. And I do, that was the peacemaker in me. I was like, nope, I don't even want to do it. But I did and it was fine. Everything was fine. But Sometimes we just have to be the parent and that's hard as a peacemaker. Sometimes you just want to be, it's fine. I'll just do it myself. It's fine. (laughs) All right. So you guys, I think if you're like us, you can probably see, even if you know your Enneagram type, you can probably see a little bit of yourself in each of these strengths and weaknesses. And so we hope like these suggestions for each of these have helped you or given you something to think about. Or if you're really strong in one type and can't relate to anything else, maybe that's been helpful for you too. But like, flaunt your strengths like hang Mm -hmm. on to those those are good those are like gifts that you have and you need to use those and utilize those and put those put those to work for your family Mm -hmm. um and your kids and your spouse and yourself and then try try working on those suggestions to help out with those weaknesses sides you're not going to make the weakness part go away it is just part of who you are but you can kind of Oh, work with it a little bit. You can kind of get it to move a little bit farther away from the, oh, you move, what does my husband call it? Move the needle. You can move Mm -hmm. the needle a little bit toward, more toward the strength side and away from the weaknesses side by just trying some of these suggestions that we've offered it. Yeah. Over the years, I found a few things that I have been able to incorporate into my life that make me more of a fun mom and less of an achieving mom. Um, And they're kind of silly, but I'll just share a couple with you. One is playing games at home. Actually playing games is something that a lot of achievers like as long as they can win. (laughs) Yes, that's how I am, even with my three-year-old. I don't want to lose a game. But I've learned to be able to incorporate these games because my kids love playing games with me. I just have to kind of tone down the winner part of me and be like, it's okay to lose at shoots and ladders and we could all have a good time together. And the other thing that I love is I really enjoy going to amusement parks. And I think the main reason is because there is nothing to do productive-wise at an amusement park. At home, it's a little bit difficult to have fun because there's a list a mile long of all the things I want to do. And I'm sitting there playing a game, looking at the wall that should have been painted last week, right? At an amusement park, your sole goal for the entire day is to just have fun and eat garbage. And it's so fun. And I can really get into that, right? So maybe you can find something like look at a personality type that maybe you'd want to um, emulate a little bit and think, I wish I were a fun mom or I wish I were a peacemaker. So I'm going to take this one thing that a peacemaker would do and I'm going to incorporate that in my life and bring a little more peace or whatever um, strength you would like to see more of in your life and, and, and make it work with how you normally uh, operate. 
So you guys, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Now listen, Bonnie and I only have two of these Enneagram types covered. So if you guys have some thoughts or suggestions or ideas, either send us an email at numberthepodcast at gmail.com or we'll be talking about this on Instagram this week. So join us in the conversation over there. All right, you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. I'm Audrey. I'm Bonnie and we're outnumbered. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, I'm odd. Hang on. <laughs> what do I say? What are my you words? Say, like have a great week or something. I don't know. Okay. Whatever you want. But then I say I'm Audrey, right? Yeah. Okay. Now you don't say I'm Bonnie. That's my job. (laughs) We figured that one out. I know. I just couldn't remember if there was something else. Okay. Come on, Audrey. Pull it together. Perfectionist falling down on our job here.